Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. I'm Catherine and in today's episode I'm going to be talking about all the mentions of Christmas in Jane Austen's novels. So previously, actually now a couple of years ago, I did an episode for this podcast on the Georgian Christmas and how Christmases in Jane Austen's time differ to what we know today as a Christmas time celebration, how it's similar and all that sort of stuff and a few of the traditions that Jane might have encountered at Christmas time. And if you want a description of a Georgian Christmas, go and listen to that episode as well, because this episode will come to see Jane really doesn't describe Christmas very much in her novels. So if you want a straight up description of a Georgian Christmas, go and listen to that episode too. It's actually episode five in the series run, so it really was quite early on. (laughs) So go and give that a listen. Now moving on to today's episode and all of the mentions of Christmas that Jane Austen puts in her novels. So I have painstakingly gone through every single Jane Austen story that I have been able to get my hands on and her letters as well to find any mentions of Christmas therein. And I have the results for you here. If you can hear paper rustling, that's me going through my little list of things. So overall, in all of her writing, including the Juvenalia, the six main novels, her letters, Sanditon and the Watsons, there are 47 mentions of Christmas by name in Jane's writing. That might seem like relatively few mentions of it, but really, even back then, writing about Christmas was a specific thing. If you were including Christmas in your novels, it was a Christmas novel about Christmas. The most famous example, of course, being A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, even though that was a little bit later. The closest Jane Austen gets to a Christmas story, a Christmas novel, is actually Emma. It takes the lead in Mentions of Christmas, with 11 mentions by name throughout the story. And also quite a bit of the action early on is around Christmas as well. And we're going to talk about that in a sec. But first, I'll just run through the other mentions, how many times it appears in the other works as well. And really the context within which it occurs. So in Jane Austen's Juvenalia, we only have four mentions of Christmas. There's one in Leslie Castle, one in a collection of letters, and two in Lady Susan. In Sense and Sensibility, we only get two mentions as well. Pride and Prejudice, a little bit more. There are six mentions of Christmas in Pride and Prejudice. And it continues to increase. Mansfield Park has eight mentions of Christmas. And Emma, of course, has 11, as I mentioned Moving on to Northanger Abbey, it starts to dip again. There are only three mentions of Christmas in Northanger Abbey. In Persuasion, slightly more, there are six mentions. And there are also six mentions in Jane Austen's letters as well. 
there is one mention of Christmas in The Watsons, and there are no mentions of Christmas in Sanditon at all. So that's the numbers. <laughs> that's the figures for how many times Christmas appears in Jane Austen's novels. Now we're going to have a look at why it appears and how it appears, how she talks about Christmas in her stories. So really, the main pattern that emerges with Jane Austen talking about Christmas in her novels is using it as a reference of time. What I mean by that is that she uses Christmas time as a marker for events. So when it pops up, it is just telling you what time of year it is or what and when things are happening. It is simply, this is at Christmas time to tell us that it's in December. <laughs> for example, in Lady Susan, the mentions of Christmas are simply sort of setting the scene. So we have letters between Lady Susan's brother-in-law's wife and her mother after finding out that Lady Susan is going to come and stay with them and the daughter writes to the mother I am very sorry to tell you that it will not be in our power to keep our promise of spending our Christmas with you. We are prevented that happiness by a circumstance which is not likely to make us any amends. So it's a bit of shade there, she's saying, I'm really sorry we can't be with you at Christmas. Just know that it's going to suck for us anyway. <laughs> so you enjoy yours without us, we will definitely not be enjoying ours. And the reply from her mother is the only other time Christmas is mentioned. And she says, how provoking it is, my dear Catherine, that this unwelcome guest of yours should not only prevent our meeting this Christmas, but be the occasion of so much vexation and trouble. So really, Christmas is a marker, in the same way that you would say it's at dinner time, it's in the summertime, it's in the evening. We do get some brief glimpses of the kinds of things that go on at Christmas. So in Sense and Sensibility, one of the mentions talks about Mr Willoughby, and Sir John's saying... Um, he is a good sort of fellow, I believe, has ever lived, repeated Sir John. I remember last Christmas at the Little Hop at the park. He danced from eight o'clock till four without once sitting down. So from that, we can understand that Christmas time is a time for balls, which, not surprising, balls were very popular <laughs> during Jane Austen's time. So really, it's no different from the rest of the year in that case. But there are some more descriptions that Jane goes into in other novels as well. So... Uh, Pride and Prejudice, we get a brief glimpse that Christmas is a special time where more things happen than usual. Um, Caroline Bingley is writing to Jane Bennett and she says, I, I sincerely hope your Christmas in Hertfordshire may abound in the gaieties which that season generally brings. So there is the implication that we have something a little bit more out of the ordinary at Christmas time, that there is extra special gaiety at that time of year. In Mansfield Park as well we also get a glimpse of some Christmas time activities. Edmund Bertram is talking about his Christmas times and he says it's part of a general conversation. <laughs> I should point out he's talking to Fanny about all the plays that have happened at Mansfield Park and the things they used to do as children uh, and it is as follows. 
How many times have we mourned over the dead body of Julius Caesar and to bead and not to bead in this very room for his amusement? And I am sure my name was Norval every evening of my life through one Christmas holidays. So from that, we can infer that Christmas time was a time of theatre, whether personal or public theatre, not so sure, definitely personal in this case at Mansfield Park. They were rather an insular family to begin with, so we don't know if that's out of the ordinary, but lots of theatre play going on. So one more detailed description, though it's really not very long, uh, comes from Persuasion. We get a nice little Christmas scene in that. Before this, Christmas is sort of coming up as, again, a marker that things are going to be happening by Christmas time. But the description goes like this. On one side of the table, occupied by some chattering girls cutting up silk and gold paper, and on the other were trestles and trays bending under the weight of brawn and cold pies, where riotous boys were holding high revel, the whole completed by a roaring Christmas fire which seemed determined to be heard in spite of all the noise of the others. So that's a really lovely little Christmas scene that we've got there. That's really sweet. The idea of the family being there and it being really noisy and filled with chatter and laughter. We've got a few Christmas traditions in there. Um, The girls are cutting up gold paper and silk, probably for decorations. We've got the Christmas fire, which was very important on Christmas Eve. You would go out and cut your yule log and put it on the fire and it would burn from Christmas Eve through Christmas Day as a sign of good luck. And we also have a little bit of a mention of the kind of food that you'd expect at Christmas. The implication is that there is a lot of food. These trays are bending under the weight of it all. And in particular, um, brawn and cold pies. So pies were very, very popular at Christmas time. Uh, Christmas pies and mince pies in particular, some of the things that we carry on today, spices and fruits and all sorts of things. On the other end of the spectrum, in persuasion, we also get this description as well. We have had a very dull Christmas. Mr and Mrs Musgrove have not had one dinner party all the holidays. They do not reckon the haters as anybody. The holidays, however, are over at last. I believe no children ever had such a long ones. So that is describing what we can infer as rather an, an ordinary Christmas. That usually you would have lots of parties, lots of family around, but the Musgroves haven't done that. And it makes the Christmas very, very dull. And then in reference to the holidays being very long, that would be the Christmas holidays for the children from school. So we know that it was common for school children to have Christmas holidays like we still do. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) To find more descriptions of Georgian Christmases in Jane's work, we then have to move to her letters, where she kind of talks about things. She mentions that a lot of people are around. For example, if not prevented by parish business, James comes to us on Monday. The Mrs Hulberts and Miss Murden are their guests at present and likely to continue such till Christmas. Anna comes home on the 19th. 
So James Austin, Jane's oldest brother, has a lot of people around at Christmas and that family gatherings were quite common during the Christmas time. We also get a little poem. It's more about the game of speculation (laughs) and dragging on it, but we do get a little mention at Christmas, so I'll read it out now. Alas, poor brag, thou boastful game, what now avails thy empty name? Where now thy more distinguished fame, my day is o'er and thine the same. For thou, like me, art thrown aside at Godmersham this Christmas tide, and now across the table wide, each game save brag or speck is tried. Such is the mild ejaculation of tender hearted speculation. So, really, it's not so much about Christmas, <laughs> that poem, but it does give us the idea that lots of card games being played at Christmas. So that is the mentions of Christmas time in Jane's other works and writings. Now we're going to move on to Emma because that does contain the most about Christmas. As we progress through the beginning of the novel we find out that it is coming up to Christmas time at the start of Emma's story and at first again Christmas is mentioned as a marker. There's talk about John and Isabella, Isabella being Emma's sister and her husband John Knightley coming to stay with them at Christmas. And then as Christmas actually approaches and the day is upon us, we don't get detailed descriptions and we don't get a breakdown of a Woodhouse Christmas, but we do get some descriptions of the general traditions in Highbury at Christmas. We get this description. Uh, In general, their evenings were less engaged with friends than their mornings, but one complete dinner engagement and out of the house too, there was no avoiding, though at Christmas. So lots of visiting there, going to see friends and family and having dinners and parties, which is unavoidable (laughs) at Christmas time. Um, Then we get Mr Elton talking about it. This is quite the season indeed for friendly meetings. At Christmas, everybody invites their friends about them and people think little of even the worst weather. So there again, we have the idea that Christmas is for friends and family and gathering people around you. And of course, as a mention of the dull British weather around here at Christmas time, because of course it is the middle of winter for us. (laughs) So we do get a little bit about Christmas Day and talking about Emma's activities, or rather the activities that she doesn't participate in. The weather was most favourable for her, though Christmas Day she could not go to church. Mr Woodhouse would have been miserable had his daughter attempted it, and she was therefore safe from either exciting or receiving unpleasant or most unsuitable ideas. So there's another tradition that we see coming in there, the Christmas Day sermon, which also gets a little mention in Mansfield Park, but Again, it's more sort of in passing and not specifically about Christmas. So we get the idea that it was important to go to church on Christmas Day and to hear the story of the nativity, quite possibly. Though, of course, in this Christmas time, Emma doesn't go because she is looking after her father. 
And the final sort of mention of Christmas that we have uh, is during the strawberry picking storyline <laughs> that we get. And it's when they're all sat down and they're starting to play games and it's all starting to get a bit uncomfortable. And we hear this comment. These kinds of things are very well at Christmas when one is sitting around the fire quite out of place in my opinion when one is exploring about the country in summer. So we get the idea that word games and that kind of fun is very much expected at Christmas time and probably more suited to Christmas time because you can just sit around the fire and talk with your friends and the summer time is for getting up, getting out and getting exploring. So there we go. That is really the mentions of Christmas that we get in Jane Austen stories. As I said, there's not great amounts of description. We get brief little moments and most of the time it is just used to mark the time of year that we're in. And there could be quite a few reasons for that. As I said, really the trend of writing about Christmas specifically at this time really made it a Christmas novel. If you were talking about Christmas, you were writing a Christmas novel. And that might not have been something that Jane wanted to do. So when she does talk about Christmas, it's just to tell us where we are in the story. And luckily, we have Emma, where some of the action is actually taking place in the Christmas time, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day as well. Though it does swiftly move on to other things. Another reason there is only general descriptions might be that Jane expects her audience to know what a Georgian Christmas is, you know, in the same way that she doesn't talk about historical events that are happening at the time, she is letting her readers infer that, that they know what Christmas looks like so she doesn't really need to go into it, which great for contemporary readers of Jane Austen, not so much for us now, looking back on it, but we can still make a lot of inferences. And hopefully, combined with my other Christmas episode about Georgian Christmas, we can sort of understand what's going on in her novels at Christmas time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austenite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like, subscribe and share. I will see you next time for a new episode. And until then, Merry Christmas and as always, happy reading. Your faithful servant, the author.